What's up, guys? It's Shaquita with the Her Talk Podcast show. I am your host, obviously, and you are tuning in at two for another episode of Her Talk. Yes, I cannot believe what this is episode five already five or six or something like that of season two guys time has been flying um i may sound a little different because i actually am in my car um doing my podcast which is crazy yes 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 i want to make sure that you know i am consistent so i gotta do what i gotta do but anyhow For those of you who are just joining in, you guys should know we like to start off each podcast with a Her House tip. So for my interior designers, this is for you. For those of you that love to decorate and redecorate and always sprucing up your home, changing up your homes for the seasons and things of that nature. Me, I'm not really a a big season person, I would say. I, I'm not that person that changes um, decor every time there's a new holiday or every time there's a new celebration of something, okay? I stick with the basics like Christmas and maybe... Um, uh, what's another one? What's another one I changed? Oh, maybe for Halloween and things like that. But other than that, I don't think I really changed too much for this season. I might change as far as because I just want to, but that's it. But anyhow, moving right along for your tip. Shopping. When you're shopping, guys, please, please, please. I personally like to stay on a budget, but there are specific things, things I think that you are allowed, okay, I'm going to use the word allowed, to splurge a little on just because you want it to last. So things like your couches, okay, your sofas, your dining tables, Those things invest in quality pieces. This is where I would say, hey, go ahead and spend a couple of dollars, you know, to get something nice and that's going to hold up and last, especially if you have little children running around, okay? (laughs) It may be a good idea to get something that's going to, you know, be up against them. You know how kids are. You know how husbands are, too, anyway. But that's our little Her House tip. Um, Not very long, but it's okay. It is valuable, nevertheless. Just make sure you invest in quality pieces when it comes to, you know, big furniture, like your living room set, your bedroom furniture. You want to invest in nice quality pieces, okay? All right, that's your Her House tip for the week. Make sure you follow my Her House IG page if you want more interior design and decor ideas. Also, you may visit herhouse.net if you would like to get some more ideas or if you are interested in purchasing some decor pieces for the low 
got a lot of highs and lows there, but anyhow, um, that's that. Okay, so let's get into our topic of discussion. This is something that directly affects a lot of us, a lot of people that I know. It's right here locally. Um, It's probably a a dilemma all across the world, but I wanted to focus on our city, my city, because again, it directly affects us, our families, and especially our children. And that is the reopening of public schools or any school for that matter for the fall season. Um, During this pandemic, during COVID-19, I know the governor has opened up. I think we're in the um, greater stages of, you know, reopening to full time. But I honestly, and I'm, I'm, I strongly believe that COVID isn't over. And the way that we're living right now is an indication of how people think our people are not taking this seriously, I should say. So this is basically, you know, my thoughts. I have a wonderful um, guest co-host joining me, um, and you'll hear that in a second. But, you know, we are concerned because people are still sick. Cases are still on the rise, you know, and it's even hit close to home for me. So I am afraid, I and I mentioned this in our discussion, I am afraid for my children, especially my son, because, you know, he has a critical condition, uh, underlying condition. He has sickle cell. So I don't want him to, God forbid, catch anything, you know, because it's, it's, much, much times worse. But anyhow, check out our discussion and tune in, chime in, tell us what you think. Here we go. Welcome. Thank you guys for tuning in to Her Talk. Um, You guys are watching the social media segment. Um, I have a treat for you guys. I have my special guest co-host, Miss Jess Mess. And no, that's not Jess with the mess. That's Jess Mess, okay? A.K.A. Jess Beautiful, which I love that IG handle, by the way. I thought that was very creative and clever. I actually never heard of that, so I thought it was pretty and unique. (laughs) But... Anyway, so you and I, um, we have talked maybe two or three times. Um, I saw your live video in regards to the Suffolk Public Schools, um, what do you call it? Superintendent meeting, board meeting, school board meeting, something like that. But, um, and I just pretty much agree with basically everything you said in regards to what's going on in the education world today, more specifically right here in Suffolk, Virginia. So you and I, we talked, we had a great conversation. We probably would have still been on the phone. (laughs) 
if it had not been for kids and things like that, but it's all good. Um, we had a nice, candid conversation, um, and I think other parents as well as other educators need to chime in on the, the discussion and also hear your point of view as well. So why don't you share just a little bit about yourself and then we'll go from there before we get really into the nitty gritty. Okay, well, my name is Jed. I'm a writer. I have my associate's degree in early childhood. I've been teaching for seven years. Um, I have one son. I'm currently going to school for social work. Um, yeah, that's that's really it. I'm, I'm an advocate for the kids. I love the kids. I love. I, I just. I don't know. It's just something about the kids. I just love the kids. Um. So I'm an advocate for them. So anytime that I have the opportunity to speak up, or just some, I just I just have to do that. Right. Okay. Recently, there's some, I guess, circulating. I didn't personally hear Trump say them, this myself, but I'm looking at media sources and, and TV and radio, and supposedly, um, you know, they want to start school back regular time. And a lot of parents and educators are um, really skeptical and hesitant with, with doing that because of COVID-19. Um, but what I've been hearing is Trump actually, you know, said that he was going to defund, I guess, any public school that was refusing to open. So I thought that was really harsh. I thought that was... Um, very, very uncalled for, I guess, unnecessary, um, because you're giving parents, you're not even giving them an option or a choice. You're pretty much forcing them and, and forcing our educators to, um, I guess, choose education over their child's health or and, and vice versa, and that's that's not good to me. But um, so what are your thoughts on that? that statement, allegedly, I guess. I think that um, it's uncalled for. Um, I think that it's unethical. I think that that should be on the baseline of the schools choosing whether or not based off of what city they're in, based off of the numbers, based off of the data. Um, I feel like he should not have that control. I feel like it really should be like a state and local thing, um, I feel like he really doesn't have the power to defund because I feel like that's a local thing. But, I mean, I could be wrong. I mean, we're talking about Trump leaders, so we really don't know. Uh, but right. I just think that um, it's unethical because, I mean, at the end of the day, our kids come first. Our kids, um, I think that putting our kids at risk along with the other, um, whatever other kind of disease that comes along with it and affects their immune system, their muscles, and it causes them to go in the hospital. I don't think that sending our kids back to school right now is worth that risk. I just... And I agree. I feel like it's a state and local thing. Like, it should be based off of the state. If the numbers are good, then we should go from there. But if the numbers are not good, then it's kind of like we should not push them and force them. Teachers, bus driver, or students right. put in that position to keep health over education it's just it's not fair right and, and i definitely agree and just to piggyback off that um 
I saw a post in which it was stated that teachers, teachers are finalizing their wills because they are afraid I guess what will happen to them, that something drastic will happen to them when they return back to school. If, you know, we return back, return back to school. And when I saw that, I'm, I'm like, wow, you know, people are really afraid for their lives. Um, so in my mind, personally, I immediately thought, okay, um, that may have been a, that may be a little drastic, but who am I to take away um, somebody else's fears? Okay, because they could be, you know, that afraid. I know for me, um, I was sharing this with my grandmother. I'm like, you know, I I don't. God forbid any one of us get COVID, but. My son has sickle cell, so I'm worried about his. I know with the flu, they don't even want him to have the flu. So I, it's it's very critical when you're talking about COVID-19, something that you know, this this new strand. I guess people are un, and doctors are unfamiliar with. So I don't want my son to to catch it. So if, you know, they do decide to open up, I'm in a predicament, and I shared this with you last night, where I have to decide, okay, am I going to go back? Because I'm not sending my son back, okay? I don't care if it's one day a week, 30 minutes a day, I'm not sending him back at all. So that puts me into a dilemma where I now have to choose between, okay, Keeping, staying on my job, returning back to work, or, you know, quitting, pretty much. So I, I think it's, as you stated before, I think it's very unfair for not only parents and students, but the educators as well. Um, and then let's talk about all of these um, the plans that they have in place if we return back to school, because I know you had mentioned there was a lot of craziness going on. I didn't watch the, the meeting, but you did, and you it was very helpful. So talk about some of the plans that they have in place for kids. You know, some adults can't even sit still for seven, eight hours. So let's, let's talk about that. So the initial plan is that it'll be less than kids in the classroom. Um, they really won't be able to do a whole lot because of them trying to keep their um, keep them six feet apart and limit them to going a lot of different places. Of course, the necessity is the bathroom, but they're talking about feeding them lunch in the classroom. Um, they're talking about if they go to the gym, they won't be able to do anything where they have to share. So no basketball, no jump rope, no dodgeball, kickball, anything they have to share material, they won't be able to do that. Um, each person will have their own cubby, their own box of crayons, their own everything. Um, they won't be able to share anymore. So um, it's just, that part is just like, so you're gonna keep a child confined in the classroom for six hours and possibly doing a resource, but at the same time, it's not gonna be the same as what they're used to. 
and my son is seven. He's very active. Right. And I can only imagine how many times he'll probably call me if he had to be put, if he had to be sitting down for right. that long. Like they would call me telling me to come get him. And not only that, the bus drivers um, are the first people to come in contact with the kids, mm-hmm. but they're not the first one taking. They're not the one taking their temperature. So it's kind of like, so if that child does have a nigga on the bus, then the child is on the bus the bus driver and all the other kids that are on the bus are now exposed right you won't allow the bus driver to be the first person to check their temperature right so they were not on one accord you had half of the like half a dozen half of them saying no half of them saying yeah and they don't vote until august 13 so that kind of puts it a, yes. a hard place for parents yep um it's only like two weeks to the side like if i want to send my child back to school or not and right now like they have a survey a registration form not that service a registration form that they send out to all the parents right that they have and say 20 something to turn in but it's like to say ask me before you even know what you're going to do to kind of mm-hmm. make my decision it's kind of like it kind of puts a lot of parents in a iffy situation because i want to say yes but at the same time i don't know what you're going to say so i want to say no right so it's kind of like it's being stuck between a rock and a hard place and it's, it's it's a mess for educators, for parents, for the kids. It's just, it's a hot mess. I agree. And, um, you know, speaking of, the, the, I, I don't know, I guess I can kind of see it for elementary, but again, I can't. But what about middle school students who, and high school students in which, uh, they have to change classes. So my question, the first thing I thought was, okay, are we going to be required? I know I would probably do this anyway, but are we going to be required to, you know, wipe down everything when that group of students leave? Or what, are we going to teach all subjects for that group of students that we have? And then, God forbid, the kid has to go to the restroom. I'm thinking in my head, this is going to have to be like SOL testing time in which you're going to have to monitor the child because let's be real. Some adults don't wash their hands coming out of the bathroom. So, you know, children, all children don't, you know, take those proper precautions. And we as adults, we can't expect kids. We can, you know, drill, drill, drill. Yes, you're supposed to wash your hands and whatnot, but you still have those kids who, you know, may forget somehow or just don't do it and just don't care. Um, And it all comes with uh maturity level so i was just there was a lot of things that i was thinking about as i was watching your video um informing me of what was going on and whatnot but um it's it's crazy it's really it's really crazy and then i don't understand the situation how that would work when students do go to gym you know it's I, I I can't see it, Jess. To be honest, I can't see it because I'm coming from a classroom of over 30 students per class, 90 90 plus students, and that that was for pretty much every teacher, every sixth grade teacher at Colonel Fred Cherry. So it is. I don't I don't know. Hopefully they have a better plan. And as you stated, I don't think um, I think they need to send out or have another meeting prior to August 13th because like you said that's just not enough time unless they're going to start at a later date you know push school the school opening date um, back to maybe two weeks back or something like that Um, but anyhow so let's get into 
I'm trying to see if we took care of the health situation or, or whatnot. Oh, okay. So <laughs> we also talked about this, and I think you said something in your video about this. Um, for like, there, I guess there were some parents who were complaining about the kids going back to school because of, you know, ex. Uh, risk or exposure for exposure and such, but then you have these same parents out here who are going out clubbing, um, you know, going to get beautified. I guess. I, so, what do you say? How do you? What do you? What is your response to that? If you, can, <laughs> if you can go to the club, you can send kids to school. Like. That's just that's just the bottom line. I'm right. not in any way judging any parent on what they like to do. I mean, I understand it's been stressful being in the house with your kids right. for months at a time. I get that, but if you're willing to expose your kids by going out and you're being around hundreds of different people, fifty different people, and you're coming back to the same house with your kids, what would be the difference of your child going to school? And it's going to be less right. kids in that classroom, less kids that they're exposed to. So what is the difference? Um, I just have, I, I, it's just, it bothers me because it's kind of like you, you contradict yourself. Right. Because y'all out here and turn it up at Broadway and Sweet 1200 <laughs> and all this other stuff around all these people, but you're yeah. talking about you're getting to see a child to a classroom where it's only going to be 11 people. Right. One teacher in the classroom. You're scared of that, but you are exposing yourself to all these different people. And a lot of y'all I've seen don't have a mask on. So it's not like. get 
my nails done or whatnot. I, and I told you this yesterday, I try to make sure that when I come in the house that I don't be around my children for at least an hour. You know, I'm cleaning myself, taking showers, all of that, you know. And I try not to go out too much. When I go do go out, it's like you that that one thing that you know, you go and if whatever you miss, that's it. But um so let's switch gears to parents who may feel that their child um and and I had a response for this as well. But for those parents who are saying, um, well, my child doesn't learn well virtually. My child is not a, a, a good virtual learner. And I'm thinking in my head, it's 2020. What are we talking about our children are not virtual learners? They're coming out of the womb being virtual learners, you know? I'm, I'm, we shared this yesterday. My three-year-old, even when she you know, was two, it, seems, it seemed like she came out understanding what a phone, you know, what a phone is, what a, a, a tablet is. She can work. She's on YouTube right now. She does videos. My name is Avery. Welcome back to my channel. I don't know what channel it is, but she does it. So when I hear that, I'm like, come on now. Your kid, you know, our kids, they're on YouTube all day. They, they're on uh, Fortnite all day, GT, Grand Theft Auto all day. Uh, you, you name it. So you mean to tell me that they can't get their schoolwork done? You know what I'm saying? And then I understand that parents are not, a lot of parents aren't experts. Hell, I even have to Google some things sometimes. That's okay, but I, I'm, I'm per, I am a person, I don't like excuses. I don't like excuses whatsoever. So I feel like if you can be on Facebook all day, you can be on social media all day, you know how to go and buy this and this and that from this business and that business, you can take a moment to try to invest some time in teaching or helping your child, supporting your child, not necessarily teaching them, you know what I'm saying? Because it, it, it really frustrates me because when we were in school, I'm, I had to go to work to teach and teach seven, eight hours. And then I got to come home and teach another three to four hours for a son. He has sickle cell, so he has, there's some learning disability there. Um, and I don't mind sharing this. My son has a 504. I fought to get that 504. Um, he doesn't have an IEP. And the reason why I fought to get that 504 is because um, his grades, his that, that's what they told me. Well, he's making A's, B's, and C's. He really doesn't need a 504. He doesn't qualify for a 504. And I'm always sharing, yes, he does. If it was not for me spending those hours with him at home, my son would be failing. You know what I mean? So that just brings us to it starts at the home. It starts at the home. Why do you think... And this is very unfortunate, and it, it, it just burns me up that 
our kids, and when I say our kids, I'm talking about black kids. Why are we the lowest for reading levels, for reading literacy tests, comprehension tests? Parent involvement. Parent involvement. It, it, it doesn't take you 15 to 20 minutes to read to your child every night. Just like you said, we could be in a car, you see a McDonald's sign, okay, what other word starts with M? What sound does M make? You know what I'm saying? It does not take a rocket scientist to do that. You feel me? It, like I said, I, I get really passionate about it because I have been saying this from day one since I started teaching. And I started off, um, I actually was working in the SPED department at Hill Point. Um, but when I transferred or transitioned, excuse me, over to gen, um, general education, my first gen ed job was at Elephant's Fort. And the reason why I wanted to go there is because, you know, that's where I was from. That was my hood or whatever, you know. But anyway, shout out to Cypher's Bounds. But anyway, but okay. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it just breaks my heart because I'm like, man, I see people, parents that we grew up with, we went to school with, and it saddens me because I'm like, your child can be so, so far ahead and we just take just a little bit of time to invest in his education, you know what I'm saying? Or her education or whatever. That was an awesome conversation, guys. And I personally will continue to stand on the fact that learning starts at the home. Okay, learning starts at home. And that's just that on that on that. Parents, as parents, we need to shift our focus more on our children and their education. Um, I also believe that we have to come up with solutions for those parents who don't have that support who have to go out and work, okay, but don't have maybe childcare or someone to look over their children. So we obviously need to come up with some solutions for those parents. But uh, kids, you know, our 2020 kids, they are practically born virtual learners, okay? We're not giving our kids enough credit as to what they can do. I've seen it. I've seen it from a parent's perspective and I've seen it from an educator's point of view. They can do it, but we need the parental support. We need to give them that parental support. We can give We need to give the same amount of time and energy that we put into those groups like, sis, is he cheating Virginia, okay? Put that same amount of time and energy into supporting and helping your child learn at home. And I get it. It can be frustrating. (laughs) Some of us, a lot of us are like that mama that we see on the memes like Johnny had you know two apples and you know he ate one 
and then we get louder with it and I I get it I understand your frustration not as a you know only as a teacher but as a parent okay and coming from me spending hours and hours with my own child but it's still no we have to stop making excuses we have to stop making excuses and stop just wanting to send off our children to school just because we think we need a break okay um and, and, and we do, we, we do need a break, but some of us, I'm just going to tell it like it is. Some of us, we don't need anything. Okay. We, we, all we need to do is focus on our child's education that for some of us, and I'm just going to say it like that. Keep it real sis. Anyway, that wraps up our episode number five of season two of the Her Talk podcast. I really enjoyed Jess. I am definitely going to have her back um, soon. She is phenomenal. She loves children. As she stated, she's an advocate for our kids. And, you know, we need more adults like that. We need our children need to see more of us supporting them as well. Okay. All of the, you know, the, the, cars and the clothes and all of the the dances and the videos those things are cool don't get me wrong those things are cool because I'm into those things but at the same time we have to make sure our kids are smart too okay not just street smart but book smart and 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 business smart and and money smart okay and I can go on and on and on and culture smart and history smart and things of that nature so um Again, as parents, we just have to step it up a little bit, including me. All right. If you have smaller children, take the time to read to your child for a few minutes. Okay. Read out loud. You don't, again, you don't have to be a teacher in order to teach. You do not have to be a teacher in order to teach. I'm just going to leave it at that. All right. Okay. So let's go ahead and wrap it up, guys. Thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at underscore underscore her talk. Also, for my ladies, you know, I have your vegan matte lip gloss, waterproof, high high pigmented. Okay, check out the HL Cosmetics um, Instagram page as well, underscore, underscore HL cosmetics, or you can just check out the website, hlcosmet.com. Um, I'm sure I have something for you there. (sighs) All right. Well, that wraps up our episode again, again, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your support. I cannot thank you guys enough. Thank you to my loyal listeners and to my new babies as well. See you guys next week. Same time. Don't forget to tune in tomorrow night. I will be on one of my fellow girl CEO, um, members, uh, podcast or vlog tomorrow at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and I will be interviewing doing a little Q&A session with Lunell Campbell okay the original bad girl of comedy tomorrow night at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time late night with Lunell that's what I'm calling it (laughs) all right guys well I'm out peace love and blessings